Small world, huh, Barney? Booker? Rumor had it you were dead. Yeah, I heard that too. So how's life treating you? Been better. You did all this? I fly solo. I thought you knew that. Yeah, I heard it, but I didn't buy it. Well, now you do. This your team? Yeah. Gunner, Toll Road, Hale Caesar, and Maggie. Booker. You're the one people call the lone wolf? I've been called that, but I have mellowed. Not that much. I heard another rumor that you were bitten by a king cobra. Yeah, I was. But after five days of agonizing pain, the cobra died. <laughs> hey, Bucky, great to see you. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? You hey, motherfucker. You're so Suck a motherfucker! You shit at When you fucking a stranger in the ass! What the fuck, man? If I go in there and see fucking pubes sprinkled on the toilet seat, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. Last time I went to the bathroom today, I took a shit and my shit looked like a fucking stuffed animal. Suspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Cause the eyes of the ranger are upon you. Any wrong you do, he's gonna see. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Cause that's where the ranger's gonna be. Did you know that Chuck Norris does not read books? He stares them down until he gets all the information he wants. God damn it, you used the one I was going to throw out first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, get ready for more of that, people, because it's Chuck Norris once again on the show. I am Jake the Snake, joined as always by Brother Scott. That's me and the joke stealer. <laughs> Probably. Are you looking at the same one I'm looking at? I, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> the ICNDB. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a coincidence then. Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. Too bad he's never cried. <laughs> More Chuck Norris movies today. We're doing <laughs> Invasion USA and Hellbound. Yeah, um, to say the least, these movies do not go well together, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> um, th- like, two completely separate genres. Action, and then mediocre horror. 
Well, we will get into that a little later. So, what we got up first? Well, we uh, continued the 2020 search for the Unholy Mofo Girl. And to recap last week's matchups, we had Elizabeth Banks against Leah Thompson, and Elizabeth Banks won 5-1. to one. Damn. Shocking. Caroline Williams against Allison Hannigan. Uh, this one was a lot closer, and Caroline took it 3-2. to two. Oh, well. Balsack and I were the only ones who voted for Allison. And Elizabeth Shue against Zoe Saldana. Zoe won 3-2. to two. Yeah, close one. And the final matchup was Christina Ritchie against Zendaya. And Christina won 4-1. to one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, Zendaya's kind of newish here a while, and... Yeah, she pretty much just, you know, Spider-Man, and that's pretty much all anybody's going to know her from. Yep. All right, well, we're moving on to some new matchups this week. Starting off, we've got a tough one, Heather Graham against Megan Fox. Hmm. You know, Heather Graham was pretty damn hot in the second Austin Powers movie. I mean, The Hangover. Yeah, that too. (laughs) I'm sure I oh my god those are the only two movies I can think of was her and it um, okay yeah she was in the Lost in Space movie oh why am I blanking on other oh yeah 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 she did she did play uh, the Drew Barrymore role in the movie Stab at the beginning of Scream 2 I do remember that now and you know Megan Fox is just well yeah Megan Fox, I mean, man, Michael Bay really liked putting a camera on her in those Transformers movies, that's for damn sure. And then she went and fucking got plastic surgery. Yeah, the plastic surgery, Mm, yeah, that hurts her quite a bit. Uh, You know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do the, should be considered an upset pick and pick Heather. I'm going Heather as well. To me, plastic surgery, that's a big no-no. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like, you know, you, you know, getting like a boob job or something to make them smaller for, you know, women who have back problems. You know, right. that's okay. But, like, if you're trying to freaking redefine your jawline and freaking getting new eye, you know, new eyes and stuff, like, come on. Or just try to... Make yourself look younger when you just should not. Exactly. Just em- uh, embrace the age. I mean, oh, God. It's that movie I talked about last time around, I See You. If you remember that, I forgot to say that Helen Hunt was in that movie. And, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, she was good looking in Twister. And uh, the TV show Mad About You back in the day. And just seeing her now, it's like, oh, oh. What the hell happened? Alright, well, uh, the next matchup consists of Amy Jo Johnson against Jessica Chastain. Chastain, yeah, she was definitely good looking in it movies, and in that movie, Mama, she plays a rocker chick. But, 
I'm going to go with my bias right here. You know, Amy <laughs> Joe Johnson. She was probably <laughs> one of my first crushes. So, yeah. Amy. If you're a nine, 80s or 90s kid, she's probably your first crush. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. It's a 2-0 victory for her. All right. Next up, we've got Mila Kunis against Heather Langenkamp. <laughs> I mean, what has Heather been in other than the Nightmare movies? Yeah, yeah I mean, she had a TV show on. Well, she had a quick cameo in the latest Hellraiser movie. So, yeah, I bet nobody's seen that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, man, you know, she was so damn cute in the first two movies. I mean, the first two movies that she was in, of course. One and three. (laughs) Well, and then I was going to get to that. Then she looked pretty damn good in New Nightmare. But, hmm, again, you know, Kunis is like another crush I had back in the day. Oh, man. Oh. I even tell you that Ayla Kunis can even make the Wicked Witch of the West look pretty damn good. You <laughs> see that uh, Wizard of Oz movie she was in? <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, fuck, I'm going Mila. Damn. 2-0 victory for all the girls this week. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it's nothing against Heather. It's just, I mean, yeah. she's been in everything. I mean, from that 70s show to playing Meg on Family Guy. I mean, her, she's been in the limelight for such a long time. Right. So, you know, for me, it's more about her longevity and what she's done. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing against Heather. You know, she's good looking and everything. But, I mean... The Nightmare series. That's all I think she's really known for. Exactly. So it's it, it's kind of hard for me to want to vote for. And then in the last matchup, we've got Will Ferrell's mom and stepbrothers, Mary Steenburgen, against Rosario Dawson. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mary Steenburgen's kind of good looking in that movie. I mean, she looks pretty good. Or like, well, she's got to be, what, 60s or maybe even 70s now? But, you know. I, I mean, really... you know, you got to think she's also in, like, Back to the Future Part 3. And, yeah. you know, she's, she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, you know, I just never really thought of her as hot, though. Good looking, but just not hot. So, yeah, Rosario. But. It's like that episode of The Office where they freaking—I <laughs> don't—I don't remember who they were voting on, but they were all fighting against whether she was hot or not. Hillary oh, Swank. That's yeah, was. that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's that reminds me. Of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Rosario. I mean, she's in like you know Daredevil and Defenders and all that stuff. Clerks too. Clerks too. You know, it's it's a tough one. I, um, I think I'm gonna have to go Rosario. Damn, one-sided matchups all throughout this week. <laughs> well, you know, I figured it was gonna end up having to happen eventually, and you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, all the all the ladies that are moving on are you know good-looking ladies. Oh yeah. 
I mean, that's not to say things can change. You know, the listeners can they can vote in and oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can say no, Mega <laughs> Fox by a landslide, five to two. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so you know things could change in this you know whole entire tournament. Yeah, but that uh, that's it for this week's matchups. We have one more matchup for round one. Okay. So, starting off, next one would be Nev Campbell and Allison Brie. Mm-hmm. Then Laura Dern against Linda Hamilton. Shannon Elizabeth against Liv Tyler. And Jada Pinkett Smith against Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm, you know, considering latest news, <laughs> all I'm thinking one of those matchups going to be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's uh, that's next week's matchups. I will post the this week's matchups when the episode is about to go live. And uh, I forgot to mention, people are actually doing the Sunday show this week, so maybe it will take a while. But uh, oh well, I guess we will see. I had a wedding to go to. I'm, so. I'm surprised they're still doing wedding, like considering you know everything go on. Yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. Nobody really cared about wearing masks. You know, there was definitely um, some, but yeah, people just don't care anymore. <laughs> nope. Now let's move on before we uh, open up another can of worms right there. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh shit, we haven't figured out the segment yet, and I was like, ah, you know what, we haven't done in a while. Fucked up sex act. Oh boy! <laughs> I think there's a reason why we we freaking stopped doing that one. <laughs> so I found this uh, site, uh, the Shive. Of course, I think everybody's heard of it, and they're giving a list of best urban dictionary sex acts from each state. So, uh, my state, we've already done the Iowa atomic corn bomb or something like that. Oh, I looked up your state, Scott. Oh. And here's what it is. Manhattan Flapjack. Of course. I get associated with Manhattan, New York. <laughs> which is like almost 500 miles away. <laughs> so, this starts off with a woman laying on a bed. She's completely naked and smoking a cigarette. The bed is in the middle of an empty gymnasium. The door furthest from her opens, and a man laying on a stretcher uses canoe oars to push himself in. Stacked on his erect penis are pancakes with the works syrup, butter. The woman must yell at this point, Taxi! Taxi! The man pushes himself towards the bed. About 20 feet, the woman must in one move jump and mount the man on the stretcher. The two begin to have sex with the pancakes while the stretcher never stops moving around the gym. So, yeah, look around for an empty gymnasium. I mean, I guess with the pandemic, that should be pretty easy. (laughs) I think that's a perfectly terrible waste of pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fucking waste, man. The the poor pancakes. Well, hey, you know, this one didn't involve poop, so. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... People want to have sex with shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, really all we had for this week, unless you pull something out of nowhere, Scott. No, like I said, you didn't get back to me. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my bad. Oh, well, you know, it's it's not too bad. Since 1940, the year Chuck Norris was born, roundhouse kick-related deaths have increased 13,000%. God damn it, you sure you're not looking at the same site I'm looking at? <laughs> Mine's parade.com. Well, Chuck Norris does not sleep. He waits. There are no steroids in baseball. Just players Chuck Norris has breathed on. <laughs> <laughs> Superhumans, thanks to Chuck Norris' breath. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do got these. <laughs> Chuck Norris can dribble a bowling ball. <laughs> MacGyver can build an airplane out of gum and paper clips. Chuck Norris can kill him and take it. <laughs> Chuck Norris once shot an enemy plane down with his finger by yelling bang. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris can touch MC Hammer. I think we should move on. <laughs> 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 we'll just sit here and fucking ranting off different jokes all day. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Well, a lot of it unhappy this week. I think I think we need to talk about the big one. Yeah, just happened last night. We lost the legend of John Saxon. Yeah, man, that, that came as quite a shock, man. I came home from a wedding, I opened up my news feed, and bam! Yeah, 83 years old, man. Well, he lived a pretty good life. Freddy finally got him. Hey, you know, we're not just talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. We're talking about Black Christmas. Well, he was in the Bruce Lee movie. That's what's Chuck Norris, actually. Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, Chuck was in that movie. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I had a long, long, interesting career. You know, being probably well known for the Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, has a Heather Langenkamp dead. I'll never forget the role where he played himself in A New Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that one too. You know, it's it's a shame all the all you know all these people dying off. Right. Uh, so much people are getting older, we just kind of expect it to happen eventually, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a shame because, like, we we have monuments to all of these 80s horror movies, and it's like everybody who is in them is freaking old or dead. Right. Yeah. But it's something we have to deal with. Exactly. Rest in peace to John. All right. What's next? Uh, yeah. And, uh, well, this is becoming a theme on this show in this particular segment. What will push back this week? (laughs) (laughs) And this time it's the Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. And this was supposed to be like, you know, like the uh, litmus test for if movies are going to be released theatrically this year or not. So that does not bode well. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, though I did see somewhere that they're saying that the new Bill and Ted movie will be released theatrically, along with VOD, of course, which uh, I gotta imagine a lot of people are probably gonna move towards the uh, VOD. But then again, as we were just talking about, people are kind of being stupid about this, so... But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to the movies, you know, what's this still going on? I mean... Even if I'm wearing a mask, well, I am not wearing a mask 
for one and a half to two hours. Yeah, I, I, I don't care about the masks. Like, it don't bother me. Not yeah, like it just, bothers other people. Yeah, I guess it just depends where and yeah, like and where and when while walking to work and yeah, maybe it's just the strenuous activity of walking that makes it bad for me. Like, makes me can't wait to take it off. Oh fuck, I'm out of shape. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably worse off than you are. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah, that's a, we're probably going to get into and in what I've been watching section. Uh, there's at least a lot of VOD and streaming stuff for us to watch this year, at least. So, let's just say the end of the year best of list is going to be pretty interesting. Might be a little various stuff in there. I wish Halloween was going to end up on there, though. <sighs> I would rather watch that on a big screen around people. Yeah, I, I know. Because then you get the reactions. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. I mean, you just you can't beat the theater experience. I mean, man, when I saw Halloween 2018, the big screen, the scene where, you know, Michael pushes Lori out that window. And she's laying there on the ground. He looks away and then looks back and. She's gone just like he was in the original. Man, that got a, like, Avengers-type reaction out of the audience right there. And then at home, you don't get any of that. It's just all quiet. Yeah, I mean, God, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I waited until, like, video to watch Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I don't think it would have had the same effect. It would just I, be me. It still would have been sad and everything, but... Yeah, I mean, just me reacting to Cap grabbing the hammer of Thor and not hearing the, like, crazy people going crazy, applauding. Yeah, some movies, yeah, they're just meant for theatrical experiences. Well, the only thing I got other than that, all that this week is that, uh, well, yeah, the Shucky series is coming in 2021. Oh, hey, we'll end this on a happy note, and even happier that... Brad Dorf is said to be returning as Chucky. I'd say that was a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm quite shocked that they uh, they think that that's news. I mean, it, it was pretty much bound to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be kind of stupid if they brought Mark Hamill in to continue doing the voice he did for the remake. Like, that doesn't yeah, I mean, make any sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked Mark Hamill in the remake, but it's just two completely separate entities and all. Exactly. It's like I mean, you have original Chucky and remake Chucky. This is a continuation of original Chucky. I mean, it'd be like if for the Marvel TV shows you brought in Hasselhoff or Nick Fury. It's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's something else I saw that uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series was delayed, but not WandaVision. And, of course, I'm hearing some people talking about how it's probably because uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier had some connections to black black widow um i think that might be part of it but um they're not done filming that's uh, the big, uh, biggest issue yeah wandavision's done filming all they have to do is edit it together and then they can release it uh, i guess that makes sense yeah so yeah i gotta get back on disney plus too yeah little personal stuff my card got compromised again and Man. I forgot to, like, update Disney Plus with the new card number. I'm like, wow, shit. This shit's happening way too often. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Don't you have like a VPN? Like, don't can't isn't like that stuff like really hard to happen? Has hey. happened to you? Like, yeah, I looked up and apparently VPNs don't really help with that stuff too much. You need that like LifeLock shit that Norton offers. Yeah, probably. Need something. Yeah, you need people to stop fucking trying to hack other people's credit cards and go get a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Look at that. That's two people I know who freaking had their cards compromised this year. <laughs> Real shit. It just makes me not want to get one. I mean, I've just I've never had the ambition to want to apply for a credit card. No, it's not a credit card. It's a debit card. And uh, honestly, my bank recommends getting a credit card you know, because debit is a lot more easier to compromise. I mean, that's what that's what they said. A little too off topic right here. <laughs> Good lord. What are you watching? I was going to continue watching Twilight Zone, but I mean, these hour-long episodes that in season four are just so hard to watch. Because, like, it's a lot more boring of episodes. Like, it's just, it takes so much longer to get into them. And then once you're finally there, it's like it's over. And then it's like you just wasted an hour. And it's like, I just, I, I don't know if I want to continue it, you know? But I know I'm going to eventually. But instead, I uh, I decided to turn something else on. I started watching MasterChef on Hulu. And uh, I think I'm seven seasons in. I'm in the finale of season seven. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that pretty interesting. You know, as as it started out, it didn't appear to be a scripted show, but I think like towards these later seasons that I've been watching, I've been catching like little scripted slip-ups, and it's, mm. it's just been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, uh, Dirty Jobs has been on Hulu. Oh yeah. Because I have live TV, the live TV edition. Right. Like they have the. It, I set to record, like, new episodes as they came out, or, you know, like, reruns and stuff, and I've been watching, like, old reruns of the show, and I've, I mean, <laughs> I've probably watched a couple seasons worth on there, and, you know, that was a fun show. I remember coming home from school, you know, every day, and it being on, and I just sat there and watched it, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's fun memories for me, so, I watched about two, three seasons of that, and... That's about it, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty much all that's, you know, been my time. Because every episode's like an hour long. So, <laughs> you know, 20 episodes per season of MasterChef. And then, yeah. like, you know, so it's a lot. So, my list, too. I watched Resident Evil Vendetta, the last of the four animated movies. Because I just watched, I just bought that recently on 4K and... Man, does it look good in 4K. It's hard to imagine animation going from, like, Blu-ray to 4K. Like, you would think it would automatically be, like, 4K. Yeah. Well, of course, this is, like, computer animation and, you know, probably, like, closer to how it is in the more recent video games. And uh, I said it when I originally saw it, and I'll say it again. Like, there are some spots in that movie that just make it look like real life. Watch this movie... Hail Staten, I think that's how you say it. Uh, it's a German found footage horror movie where people go into a haunted asylum. You know, sort of like a 
grave encounters like that as well. Instead of like a ghost show, it's uh, um, stupid YouTubers, the <laughs> kind you really want to see get fucking killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we fucking blew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been checking out a ton of 2020 release movies, like horror movies at least. Although some of these are questionable because, you know, Letterboxd and IMDb say they're 2019. Yeah, it's just like so hard to tell what's really a 2020 release and what's not. But hey, you know, I say, you know, these movies got released on the streaming services in 2020. I saw them in 2020, so I will consider them 2020 releases. All right, so it's a movie called The Beach House. This is a slow burner about some people that go to a beach house and then, you know, meet this old couple and then, well, shit starts getting kind of weird um more like body horror type weird like i said kind of a slow burn but once you get into like what's really going on it makes it extremely interesting and then uh, a movie called relic kind of one of them uh artsy horror movies that a lot of the horror movie community is just kind of gushing over right about now. And me, I'm just like, yeah, it was all bright. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you watch, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a lot of that recently. A movie called The Bone Box uh, about some guy who steals some artifacts from some graves and then gets haunted. Yeah. This one was, yeah, mediocre, but interesting saying it has a, the fat kid from Mighty Ducks in it. Well, what the fuck was his name? Goldberg? Maybe. And let me tell you, he's not fat anymore. And, whoa, you would not recognize him now. That's for goddamn sure. Let's just, uh, just say in this movie, he's playing a loan shark, a, a very uh, tough, intimidating loan shark. Yeah, I just give you a picture of how different he would be from Mighty Ducks. A uh, movie called Exorcism at 60,000 Feet. Oh, this one was pretty damn funny. I mean, kind of a mixture of airplane and scary movie. And Exorcist, he just uh, thinks he exercises uh, like Bill Mosley, who's like a demon, demon guy. But, uh, well, the spirit gets loose on the plane and shit goes extremely fucking crazy. Oh, there's a really funny part of the movie. Like, there's a pregnant <laughs> woman on the plane and they're trying to deliver the baby and the baby pops out and of course it's got bill mosley's face imposed on it <laughs> we call scare package and i tell you out of all the movies i had been watching this one has got to be the best of the bunch i watched it's like kind of a anthology type movie about a guy who works at a video store and once in a while they get into like these movies and then like a second half of the movie actually turns into an actual type slasher movie where he gets kidnapped and then wakes up at a facility where they're trying to like you know study you know, the slasher movie rules of course he wakes up in the room with like the jock the slut the final girl the stoner guy <laughs> it's oh my god this movie was so fucking amazing and the first story like i knew it was and for a good time, because first story, it's kind of a mixture of Behind the Mask and uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So, yeah, that should tell you right there how fun it is. Yeah, this will probably be, like, in my top spots of uh, horror movies of the year. <laughs> if you can even have a freaking top ten of this year. 
Um, dude, I've been telling you like about what five movies I've been watching. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, for everybody else, it's like, there's no movies, so nobody else is going to have any. Dude, I've been fucking telling you about some movies right here that they're just on streaming sites right now. I'm too lazy to look them up, okay? Uh, okay. I got, I got, I got a mediocre life to live here. I can't be wasting my time watching 2020 releases of mediocre comedies. That's uh, that's your department, Jake. All right then. <laughs> uh, let's see, movie called Yummy, say zombie movie, and yeah, this one was pretty fun too. Uh, let's see, movie called Z, about a kid and his imaginary friend who. Uh, May not be imaginary. It's a decent flick, uh, although uh, I think the ending kind of dragged it down a little bit. And then, of course, I watched some movies. Came out earlier this year, theatrically, before all the shit went down. And, well, all three of these movies were really hated on. So I was like, hmm, let's just see. The uh, first one I watched was Fantasy Island. And all I can say is... I don't understand what all the hate is about for that movie. I mean, I don't think it was a masterpiece, but worst movie of the year? No. Come on, now. Did you know Chuck Norris can drown a fish? <laughs> <laughs> this movie was pretty fun. I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, and one of my favorite YouTube critics, like, Gave it an F, and well, just to compare and contrast, he gave The Grudge like a C minus. I'm like, this movie's way fucking better than The Grudge. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know I'm talking about The Grudge a lot, but man, that movie just really did fucking burn me, man, with how bad it was. Oh, oh yeah, fuck that movie, man. I I definitely watch Fantasy Island way more than I'd watch Fantasy Island like a hundred times. Before I watch that movie ever fucking again. But yeah, Fancy Island. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I would recommend at least watching it once. The Great Wall of China was originally created to keep Chuck Norris out. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> There's The Turning. That's a ghost movie that came out earlier this year. That had Finn Wolfhard in it. The one that well, looked like ass. Well, let me tell you this. Throughout most of the movie, I was thinking... Yeah, it's pretty mediocre. It's kind of boring, but I don't get what everybody's, like, extremely hating this movie for. I mean, it's just kind of run-of-the-mill. And then we reach the ending. Well, Scott, have you ever watched a movie that's pretty mediocre, and then just suddenly the ending comes and absolutely saves it? No. Well, this movie was the exact opposite. This movie turned, like, a movie I would rate as, like, a bad into a major piece of shit. Like, what the fuck was that ending? Was it worse than The Witch? (laughs) (laughs) That's the rating we have to go off of. Uh, the Witch or The Grudge. (laughs) This movie, I, I don't even know you could call it the fucking ending, too. It's just, like, stops. Yeah, just like that. It's just, like... All right, there's a lot more he could have been doing there, but, uh, no. <laughs> Just stops right there. And then watch Gretel and Hansel. Not Hansel and Gretel. Gretel and Hansel. Ooh, such innovative right there, switching the names. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait for the Freddy vs. Jason reboot called Jason vs. Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this movie you know, had some good visuals. 
actually had a pretty nice score to it, but other than all those, it just was mediocre, artsy-fartsy type movie. And goddamn, those last two movies I mentioned there both had some of the kids from It. You know, Finn Wolfhard and Attorney and uh, shit who played Beverly. Find some better movies, guys. Chuck Norris was exposed to the coronavirus. The virus has now been quarantined for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I guess speaking of it alumni, the uh, uh, one I watched was called The Lodge, which uh, had uh, Billy in it. And uh, again, just more mediocre, uh, artsy-fartsy movies that, of course, everybody's in love with but me. <laughs> Everybody but Movie called We Summons the Darkness. All I can say about this is it's a movie that's got Alexandra Daddario dressed up as a 80s rocker chick throughout the most of the movie. Isn't this that one that just came out on Netflix, right? I, it might well, be. I think, I don't know. I've never fucking seen an image of her in like a leather getup. Yeah, it could be her, yeah. Fucking forever. I think they keep mentioning it. It's on Netflix. I can't remember. And, uh, of course, it also had Johnny Knoxville as a pastor. Yes, this, this is this is one I actually thought I would want to watch, just because, you know, Johnny Knoxville, Alexander Dario. What more could you ask for? Yeah, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's a pretty fun flick. Uh, now, this one isn't a 2020 release, but I watched it anyway, called Jerusalem. About a chick and her friend taking a vacation to Jerusalem. Hey, just like in one of the Chuck North movies today. <laughs> and, of course, you know, shit goes crazy. That's a found footage flick, and it's kind of an innovative uh, found footage flick, because rather than just a regular old camera phone or just camera, like, the chick has some new technology. It's like some glasses but, you know, they got the smartphone features in it, like, you know, you can take pictures and all that and record everything. And, of course, one of the features of these smart glasses that she has is that uh, it's got facial recognition where, you know, you can just look at somebody and it'll uh, automatically bring up their, like, social media pages. Like, ooh, that's some uh, privacy invasion right there. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't want your privacy invaded, maybe you shouldn't have social media. And one of the craziest thing is, like, you know, one of the people, of course, majority of it is Facebook, but one person she brings up a fucking MySpace profile. It's like, what the? F- this movie was made in 2015. Was MySpace still a thing then? Is it, MySpace still a thing? I don't. I think it might be still around, but it's like probably more of a music site now, from what I've heard. I mean, good lord, I got rid of MySpace like a fucking decade ago, man. <laughs> yeah, I was never in that craze. Yeah, I wasn't old enough. Well, and then a few TV shows that are both streaming on Netflix. Uh, first of all, there's uh, Juwan Origins, you know, more based on the Japanese movie. Well, I will say it's better than 2020 Grudge, but I ain't saying much right there. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I don't know. I got three episodes into it, which is about halfway through the series the first season anyway i just could not get into it but i'm willing to finish it off uh, 
sometime because I hear like it does start off boring, but then just get pretty interesting towards the end. Oh, I, I guess I'll see. And then you're a real trooper there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, the last thing I watched, I'll bring up is of course the Unsolved Mysteries revival they just did. You know, I gotta say. I'm a little disappointed. Okay, one of the things you will notice, of course, is that well, there is no host for the show. And they do the opening, and then they just cut to the story, and then it's just more like writing as there's a narration, which I thought was kind of disappointing, but then I realized, you know, there is no replacing Robert Stack. I mean, man, that guy just had the voice for that type of show, Unsolved Mysteries. Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, see, I can't even replicate it. Sure, somebody can replicate it. But that sure ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) And then the thing I really found so disappointing is that, well, like, I don't know, I still have yet to finish it off, but all the stories I seem to watch, the stories seem just all the same, you know, a loved one disappears, ends up dead. Please find a person who kills my loved one. And, you know, the thing I liked about Unsolved Mysteries is that, man, it was just like a, like, various, like, type stuff. Like, you had, you know, murder mysteries, you have people gone missing. Of course, the thing I always loved about it was, of course, the ghost and aliens. I mean, of course, you remember that movie we did earlier this year, Fire in the Sky, right? Unsolved Mysteries was, like, the first time I've heard about that story. That movie was based off of, yeah, these, uh, other than that, I mean, the episodes were pretty damn interesting. And from my understanding from the second episode, we have a new Carol Baskins situation. I don't even know the original situation. So I'm just going to say, okay. It's uh, from that Tiger King show. Like, Didn't watch it. Yeah, me, me neither, but I just know everything about it like you know the one guy's in jail because they think they killed that woman's husband but everyone's saying it's just so fucking obvious she she killed him and like i said it's so similar to the second episode in this new season like you know the woman's gone missing and uh, the husband was apparently an abusive jerk and he keeps saying no man it wasn't me i didn't kill her no 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 and i guess we'll Find out eventually. Although, my girlfriend, she does say that she's heard uh, something of, like, maybe they're bringing out another episode that's more Supernatural-based then. Man, I hope so. Because, like I said, those are always my favorites. But, of course, uh, being disappointed in a new show, I went back and watched the original, which is on Tubi. And, ah, damn, really interesting stuff. Like, stuff like... Son of Sam did not work alone. Yeah, see, that's the kind of shit I want to get into in these types of shows. Son of Sam. Yeah, the guy went around shooting people in uh, New York in the late 70s. Ends up saying that his neighbor's dog told him to kill these people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's an interesting story, man. This isn't Men in Black. We don't have talking dogs. (laughs) Oh man, I remember Mad TV back in the day. You you remember Davy and Goliath at Claymation Show? No, it was a Claymation Show. I think it was supposed to be like a Christian show, but Mad TV did a 
parody of it called Davy, Son of Goliath, where, of course, the claymation dog is telling the claymation boy to kill these people. He's like, look at that slut, Davy. You must kill her. No, gee, I don't know, Goliath. (laughs) And it had morphs into monster dog. He's like, I told you to kill them. Do as I command. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, that's my whole list right there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a normal week for Jake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was still working in office, but they had it like uh, like I go in every other day now, at least for a while. All right, well, uh, I guess it's uh, it's time to move on, and uh, I'm gonna be up first. So I'm gonna put in uh, a song, a trailer, and we'll be back.
star up this year. Time for dinner. No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Didn't work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. And we're back. We're talking Invasion USA from 1985. God damn. Yeah, September 25th, 27th, 1985. Hey, came out a full week before I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Way to give up personal information, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's a whole bunch of dates right in between there. Have to guess which. Well, I think I probably revealed it on past shows anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah, don't matter. Just like to fuck with you. I don't, I don't think anybody listens anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, 5.5 on IMDb and director, well, Joseph Zito. He returns. Joseph Zito, who did Missing in Action, another Chuck Norris, and of course, probably well known for The Prowler and Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. And I knew that he was familiar. I just I couldn't remember where he was from. Goddamn, you know, I just look up his IMDb and well, looks like he does producing now, but the show Men- Medina, I've never heard of it, but yeah, not too much directing. It's like, goddamn, I mean, guy gave us two awesome slasher movies and two Chuck Norris movies. Why doesn't guy continue to do some uh, good directing roles? Maybe he doesn't want to. Yeah, maybe so. Of course, starring Chuck Norris, and the villain of this movie is Richard Lynch, who I've seen in a bunch of movies, like, he's that movie Bad Dreams, he has a uh, major Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 ripoff, and uh, <laughs> um, had a small role in the ninth configuration. And, yeah, I mean, if you watch a lot of movies in the 80s, you would recognize this guy, for sure. All right. Well, uh, this movie starts out, we have a group of Cuban refugees. They're on a boat sailing for the United States. They are uh, first met by what appears to be a U.S. Coast Guard boat with uh, armored personnel. The uh, the guardsmen, you know, they say, you know, welcome to America. And everybody cheers. And then the gunsmen, or the guardsmen, they just start gunning down these refugees. And there's even kids on the boat, man. <laughs> yeah. Fucking brutal there, man. <laughs> 1985, when we got kids getting killed on screen. <laughs> you know, this is all, this is also a screenplay written by Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, forgot to mention that. And uh, yeah, they think I want to say like, uh, well yeah, 
his brother Aaron Norris as well. Pretty crazy. Yeah, well, uh, after killing all the refugees, they take several bags of cocaine that were hidden in the boat. Uh, have not make Dr. Rock so happy right there. Cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> baby! It's revealed that the armed personnel were communist Latin American guerrillas dressed as U.S. Coast Guardmen. Well, the real Coast Guard eventually find the boat full of uh, murdered Cubans off the coast of Florida. The FBI and uh, the Miami Police Department arrive at the docks to investigate the murders. The uh, the communist guerrillas eventually land in Florida and exchange the drugs for weaponry from a drug dealer. They are led by Soviet operative Mikhail Rostov. Because, you know, he's got to have a crazy Russian name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the 80s, they got to have the Russians as the villains. And, uh, you know, former CIA agent Matt Hunter, a.k.a. Chuck Norris, is uh, Rostov's former adversary. And, uh, you know, he's asked by the CIA uh, contact, you know, come out of retirement, man. We need you to come, uh, you know, on this investigation with us. But, you know, he first refuses. However, uh, Rostov demands that Hunter be killed before they begin their operation because Hunter is his former nemesis. Yeah, so and he keeps having bad dreams about him, too. <laughs> Chuck <laughs> Norris is always there saying, time to die. <laughs> Makes me think of how before the boogeyman goes to bed, he always checks the closet for Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I just was loving the scene where they're discussing Matt Hunter. I just don't understand why they do this in movies sometimes. They talk half in English. And then half in Russian. It's just like, okay, yeah. why not talk your native language right there? You know, Chuck Norris can start a fire with an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense, but it's a, Chuck Norris can do anything. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, uh, Rostov and his gang... Uh, you know, they uh, they go to Hunter's house and they just fucking basically blow this place up. And, you know, of course, you know, being Chuck Norris, they failed to kill him. Yeah, I mean, man, they went, like, fucking overkill. Like, <laughs> bazookas and fucking LMGs and... Yeah, it's like, you know, maybe one bazooka, but no, let's make it multiple bazookas. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, the puppy must see a bunny or something. <laughs> Hunter uh, goes to meet his CIA contact and tells him that he is ready to come back. You know, as we should mention that uh, you know one of Hunter's friends is killed in you know the scourge, and yeah. that's I think what leads him to want to do it. Yeah, and you know there's also some weirdo about that scene, like there's that freaking armadillo. <laughs> Uh, Cameron likes to focus on that thing. Hey, he's a cool little armadillo, man. He survived an explosion. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Later that night, hundreds of additional communist guerrillas invade the beaches of South Florida. They, uh, they end up killing a couple on the beach so that, you know, there's no witnesses. Well, the guerrillas drive away from the beaches on several trucks. And uh, the guerrillas begin their assaults. All over the USA by destroying suburban homes. Yeah, and 
hey, can we consider this a Christmas movie? <laughs> yep, I was going to bring that up. So apparently, <laughs> Invasion USA is a Christmas movie. <laughs> All right, another one to put into rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas in Miami. <laughs> I mean, had I known, I would have fucking suggested we do this in December just to piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that fucking brutal <laughs> right there, man. Just showing, like, uh, a family's just having a good time arguing about who's going to put the angel on top of the tree. And, boom, our house gets blown up. And I, I guess it's like maybe... Ten fucking houses got blown up by this dude. And I guess, like, maybe half of that family survived. I mean, I almost want to say I saw the mom and daughter running out of the house, at least. I, well, or maybe that I was think the little, little girl came out of the house and... Like, the mother must have been, like, in a house next door or something. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, there's another group of uh, gorillas dressed as Miami police officers. And, you know, they drive up to this, you know, community center. And, you know, they start uh, killing, you know, several, you know, unarmed Cuban-Americans. And, you know, it's pretty brutal. But, you know, they end up, you know, leaving witnesses alive, you know, because they want people to start being, you know, scared. Of the police, they're like, oh boy, uh, pretty relevant now. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is very relevant to today's situations. Uh, Meanwhile, the uh, the FBI has no idea who's behind the attacks. Hunter and the CIA believe that Rostov is behind the attacks. As, uh, you know, terror- terrorist acts continue in Miami, race riots and general chaos develop within the city. Right now, the public believes that terrorists are behind the attacks. <laughs> the crossing lights in Chuck Norris's hometown say, Die slowly and die quickly. They each have a picture of Chuck Norris punching or kicking a pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I'll take the kick to the head for 500, Alex. <laughs> Next, the uh, the gorillas attack a shopping mall where, you know, people are, uh, you know, doing their Christmas shopping. You know, there's that Christmas. Yeah. During the attack, Hunter comes in the mall and, uh, you know, he engages the gorillas. Yeah, he ends up tracking down, you know, he ends up killing the entire group that attacked the mall. And yeah. he's got, like, these little, <laughs> little mini machine guns <laughs> on his shoulders. It's like the the funniest thing. Like he doesn't even need to aim because he's Chuck Norris and he's gonna hit him. Because <laughs> this is wanted. He's got curved bullets and shit. <laughs> Especially how they definitely like set up that car. He was obviously so going to get into. <laughs> yeah, that Nissan truck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, the uh, the next day, the National Guard troops are called up. While martial law and curfew are declared. More relevancy. <laughs> Goddamn. Over the next two days, Hunter foils a plan to bomb a church and attack a group of people waiting outside a store. In the process, Hunter kills Rostov's right-hand man, Nico. Soon after, Hunter saves a uh, school bus full of children from a bomb that was about to detonate and plants the bomb in the car of, or on the car of the... Uh, two terrorists, which explodes. <laughs> I I love that. It just comes up. He's like uh, uh, missing something or something like that. <laughs> I forget <laughs> yeah. what the one liner was there. I think that's what it was. 
Does somebody lose this? <laughs> <laughs> Just casually drives away. <laughs> In order to corner Rostov, Hunter coordinates a risky plan. Uh, the U.S. government builds a command center in Atlanta, Georgia, for the troops. At the command center, all 50 state governors and military officials have met, uh, or they meet, and uh, discuss how to stop the terror attacks. The FBI arrest Hunter as a vigilante for killing, uh, for the killing of the terrorists, and is taken to the command center in Atlanta. A plan orchestrated by Hunter to be put on local news aware that Rostov is watching. Uh, with Rostov wanting Hunter dead, he orders all the guerrillas to invade the command center in Atlanta. After breaking into a depot and killing the security guard, the guerrillas' commander, or, or the com commandeer, several armored trucks and launch a mass attack against the command center. When uh, Rostov and his men find the building to be empty, they discover that it's a trap. It's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> well, as the guerrillas prepare to move out, the National Guard surrounds the command center, supported with uh, M60 uh, tanks and you know hundreds of troops. You know they would, you know, of course, you know, using all of this, you know, her arrest of Hunter, you know, to, to trap all these guys. You know, it was a pretty smart move. I mean, look, you see how many fucking people were there. <laughs> we get a very climatic firefight between the National Guard and the guerrillas as each side they begin fucking firing in all directions. And you'd think that the uh, the National Guard would be able to take all those guys out, but no, they're they're hiding behind like sandbags and stuff, so like, you know, this, this is full on war on the streets of Atlanta. You know, there's uh there's a bunch of casualties on uh, both sides. But at uh, the command center offices, Hunter uses a rocket launcher to blow up an enemy helicopter to cut off Rostov's route of escape. He then engages... I was just thinking, like, the poor guy on that helicopter, his last thoughts must have been, ah, shit, it's Chuck Norris. Not feeling <laughs> that, but he's got rocket launcher. He then uh, engages Rostov's men in a firefight at the uh, offices of the building, killing all of them. Until Hunter comes face to face with Rostov himself, in which they exchange fire, until they both run out of ammunition, which leads to Hunter engaging Rostov in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Outmatched by Hunter, Rostov retreats to another office and arms himself with another assault rifle from a dead gorilla. Hunter uh, approaches Rostov from behind and says, It's time, Rostov. When uh, he turns around to uh, shoot Hunter... Hunter finally kills him by shooting a bazooka rocket at close range, blowing Rostov to bits. You know, it's funny because, you know, Chuck Norris would have killed himself there, too, because that was really close range. But it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> so this this dude, all of his body parts just go fucking flying out the window. <laughs> really fucking gory. Well, outside, the uh, the terror crisis and firefight finally ends with the few surviving guerrillas on the street surrender to the National Guard. And we roll credits. Yeah, what a way to end a movie right there. Body parts flying everywhere. <laughs> so, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, just before I get to my thoughts, here's something from the site. Movie fact. The movie, Invasion USA, is in fact a documentary. 
Well, so that shit really happened. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. What can you say about this movie? It's Chuck Norris, and he's kicking a bunch of terrorist ass. I mean, that's basically the story, and that's really all you need to know. And, you know, just watch him, like, kick all their asses in all these ways. Like, especially the part where he just plants the bomb right on their car. I mean, dude, that's just fucking amazing. Love. I mean, and, uh, you know, I noticed you just left out, like, uh, the female reporter and all. Like, I don't blame you, man. That chick basically kind of useless in this movie i mean it's just like you don't really even remember most of her scenes in this movie i guess they just needed a female role in this and yeah yeah she gets useless but yeah other than that yeah this movie is pretty freaking awesome uh pretty good that's what i'm giving it yeah it's pretty good you know you got uh lots of action scenes you know that's pretty much all you can ask for with you know these kinds of movies you know, lots of gunfights, explosions, and, you know, fun times. So, you know, for me, it's it's pretty good. One day, uh, Chuck lost his wedding ring. Since then, it's been a mess of Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Sean would have liked that one. <laughs> Chuck Norris did, in fact, build Rome in a day. <laughs> Chuck Norris was pulled over by a cop. The cop got a ticket. <laughs> Once you go Chuck Norris, you are physically unable to go back. <laughs> uh, just once again, man, I just gotta say, just trying to keep on topic. And I just, I just really wish, man, Zito got on to do like a lot more movies, man. I mean, four movies, you know, we've done a show that were Zito. You know, they range from best to pretty good. Yeah. I mean, man, he could have been like, you know, just one of the one of the best directors, at least, of cult movies. I mean, I don't think he could have gone to, like, Martin Scorsese territory, but... Uh, you mean uh, he couldn't go to, like, you know, John Carpenter levels? Yeah. I mean, when, where'd you get Scorsese from? I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to think widely of movies in general, on, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. All right. That's it for me. Okay. It's my turn. Another Chuck North movie called Hellbound. So, yeah, you know the drill. Song, trailer, and we will be back with more Chuck North. Find me the 
fear, hate, and destruction, I prepare to anoint my spirit with this royal blood. Forged in the fires of hell. So why not? You seek to deny my destiny. Banished from the sight of man. Now. He has crossed into our world to reclaim his power. I know what you are, and I know why you are here. Chuck Norris is Shatter, bound to uncover more than a secret. Please. The man that was murdered last night on Polanski Street was a rabbi. There's eight dead bodies in here. Eight. Bound to bring back more than a killer. According to the myth, the scepter was broken into nine sections. What kind of man kills like this? Well, not soon enough. Bound to face the most terrifying enemy he has ever known. The scepter is the key to the gates of hell. that ripped the heart right out of his chest. Have you any idea who I am? Let me introduce myself. Welcome to hell. Chuck Norris, Hellbound. Back now with Chuck Norris and Hellbound. Uh, according to IMDb, this came out April 4th, 1995, and a 4.9 on IMDb. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of dates, Chuck Norris was born May 6th, 1945. The Nazis surrendered May 7th, 1945. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's not true, because he actually was born March 10th, 1940, but oh, I'm, I'm ruining the joke, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chuck Norris changed his birth date so that he could make a joke better. <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> and uh, directed by chuck's brother aaron uh, according to idv he wrote and directed a bunch of uh chuck's movies and works as a stuntman now and did uh stunts for ant-man by that little nepotism right there <laughs> getting your brother to write and direct majority of your movies yeah that's, that's pretty cool and uh Starring Chuck Norris, and Chuck's really the only person in the cast I really recognize. Oh, that was a main villain in this movie. Uh, was in a bunch of stuff as well, including uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2, actually, which I saw is funny because in this movie, he actually looked like a uh, discount Vigo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this movie begins, and... Uh, it begins with a Star Wars crawl, <laughs> a crawl of, of like words talking about the story, and yeah, exactly done in the style of Star Wars. So basically, talk about Satan's emissary, uh, Prosatanos, pros, something like that. How he's supposed to bring the Master back to Earth, and and we cut to the Middle Ages. These knights are going after him and his cult, about to. Sacrifice a baby, a royal baby. But, you know, they come in and just completely massacre everybody there. And as they end up burying him in a little tomb in 
as one knight just completely destroys his scepter into nine pieces. Uh, you know, this one monk guy saying, yo, ain't, ma- ain't gonna matter because he will return someday. Well, now we cut to 1950 and, well, these uh, thieves are going into this tomb and you know, they find these scepters and uh, they end up uh, accidentally releasing Prasatanos and, uh, yeah, doesn't uh, go well for them. <laughs> That's why you should never go digging. Yeah, in these movies, man, it, it just never works out for anybody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. Just uh, stop digging in tombs and stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. You're releasing curses onto the world. Oh, my God. I saw a meme, like, somewhere about, like, how somebody uh, dug up a tomb last year. And it's like, well, 2020 is all your fault now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to modern day. Well, modern day in this movie, you know, mid-90s. And we meet Chuck Norris as Frank Shatter. Which, yeah, that's a kind of a cool name right there. Shatter. And his uh, partner, Calvin, the obvious comedic relief of this movie. You know, they're being up a guy. Well, Chuck Norris is being the fuck out of this guy. Well, Calvin's just being the good cop. And he... <laughs> what you beating his ass for, man? <laughs> He's threatening to kill him. And so the guy you know, tells him who his supplier is. And after he runs off, God was like, "Hey man, I want to be the bad cop next time." And now we see bad cop. Chuck Norris is always a bad cop. <laughs> yeah, but Chuck Norris is bad cop and bad cop, or as they say in the was it Tango and Cash, bad cop, worse cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're seeing a prostitute in this little hotel room, and you know she's uh, talking to. A guy who was her client, and we find out it's actually Protestanos. Yeah, I'm probably fucking up this guy's name so many times in this rundown. You know what? I'll call, <laughs> I'll call him while he goes by his alias in this movie, Lockley. Yeah, that's the easier to enunciate. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he goes by Lockley now, and yeah, he's just looking in the mirror, looking all evil and shit. Well, uh, Chuck Norris and his partner there. <laughs> You know, getting to the pimp that is a supplier and kicking his ass. You know, one guy's, well, Chuck Norris takes his gun from and the guy's like, I don't need a gun to kick your ass. He's like, well, go on. Yeah, try me. The guy punches him and, oh, you punch Chuck Norris, man. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> you call Norris. that a punch? Yeah, he's like barely unfazed by the whole thing. And he's just like, you call that a punch? And bam, that is a punch. Meanwhile, like, guy who works with Lockley called Krieger walks in with a guy who's giving him something. So, you know, Krieger leaves with the money and a guy gives him part of the scepter we saw. And while he's looking at it, this guy just pulls out this big-ass knife and stabs him with it. And, you know, we find out he's a rabbi who knows about him and just trying to kill him. But, uh, unfortunately, that knife did not do good on him you know luckily he's coming back to life and he's got these weird fucked up eyes like oh i almost want to say like a snake type eyes when you say that's what they were i don't know it's i guess that could be the best you know description of it but i feel like it's something else but i can't think of what it is yeah basically like rather than little dots his pupils are like fucking like uh Oh, it kind of reminds me of In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, I I would say that. Yeah, kind of along those lines. 
hopefully we're painting a good picture for you listeners. It's like the pupil kind of goes to the side. Oh, yeah. And then there's like two of them there. So it's like kind of a shape of an eight. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like that. And, well, he rips this guy's heart out. And, well, the prostitute comes out. She's freaked out. So he ends up throwing her out of the window. And once you know that, throws him right onto Frank's car. So Frank goes in and tries to face off with him, but ends up shooting him two times. Nothing happening to him. And, you know, he ends up escaping. And, well, he gets thrown out of the door right on top of Calvin, his partner, who ends up telling him about the whole situation. And he's like, yeah, look right there. And Calvin looks at the rabbi's dead body. He's like, oh, shit, man, his heart's missing. Huh? No, it's not missing. It's right there. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that line right there. Well, the next day they're getting an ass shooting from their captain. And, well, they find the scepter on his desk and along with a card with Krieger and a name Lockley on it. They try to go to this Lockley guy's uh, location, but he's not there, but... His assistant, Leslie, is, and, yeah, yeah, she's a good-looking chick, and, you know, Calvin's taking notice of her, how good-looking she is. You know, just telling them about the myth about the nine pieces of the scepter. Meanwhile, we flash over to Italy, where we got these priests on a train, and it appears they have another one of these pieces. And, you know, while they're thinking they're safe and all, well, one goes to the bathroom and the other one falls asleep, and when that guy wakes up, oh, there's Lockley right there. With some fucked up looking eyes. And uh, we can just assume he's dead right now. Yep. Frank goes up to Cal one day. He's like, hey man, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Oh, here's the bad news. And his bad news is uh, he's got Bulls tickets because, well, this movie takes place uh, back in the day when the Bulls were a fucking dynasty. Michael Jordan, man. <laughs> and so <laughs> Cal was excited, but he's like, Wait a second. This is bad. What's the good news? Israel police wanted to interview us in Israel. Now he completely fucked with his mind right there. Chuck Norris doesn't need Twitter. He's already following you. <laughs> and of course, we get the whole thing of Kevin saying, No, man, I ain't going. I ain't going. Not at all. Not at all. And of course, next shot. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, they're arriving in Israel and they're on a cab ride and they get like probably one of the worst cab drivers. I've ever seen. <laughs> this is a fucking mess. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking speeding through the streets, almost hitting people and, you know, cutting through, well, areas he really should not be cutting through at all. <laughs> and I like right here, like, oh, he calls them a shitty driver. And, well, he doesn't know what that means. It's like, oh, yo, it's the uh, land, you know, means a uh, top gun. Oh, yeah, I'm a very shitty driver then. <laughs> And, well, they arrive at the hotel they're supposed to be staying at, which is a pretty shitty hotel itself. And uh, right here, we get the first glimpse of this Jesus-looking guy who keeps watching them throughout the movie. And, yeah, that's pretty much all he does is watch them. And so they go to meet with the Israel police about Rabbi Schneider, the guy, or Schindler. And, uh, <laughs> obviously, it takes... A long ass time because they want to know everything about his arrival to the U.S. starting nine weeks ago. Oh, fuck. They just knew about this guy ever since they saw his dead body in a hotel. Why do they need to know about nine weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, obviously it takes a long ass time. And after it's over, they tell him, hey, you guys are just tourists here. So leave the police business to us. 
And of course, Frank doesn't want to listen to this. He wants to take matters into his own hands. And then he go and meet up with Krieger and at his own home. Both of them just intimidate him, trying to get information out of him. And afterwards, Kelvin's like, man, I thought I was going to be bad cop. They're just sitting in their car talking. And then this little kid just jumps in right into their car saying he wants to get away from his friend who's uh, being mean to him. And, well, the friend finds him. And, you know, Kelvin, he decides to take matters to his own hand. He's just, you know, trying to separate these kids, calming them down. The whole while, you know, you see Frank watching him. He's just shaking his head. So, you know, Sam's probably up with these kids. You know, they go away and Cal is just like, yeah, see, man, I'm pretty good with kids. And Frank's like, okay, should we go after them now to get your wallet back? Like, oh, those motherfuckers. And so they split up to go after each kid. And, uh, well, Frank ends up finding the main one, Bessie, who's uh, trying to hide by hanging off the edge of a roof or something or a balcony. And so he talks to him and... Uh, his uh, wallet back, and then we end up telling him also about the uh, Jerusalem University, where apparently Lockley works at. So they go back <laughs> to this uh, site, to this place, and, well, Leslie's there. So they talk to her, and, well, Lockley's not there. He's at an excavation site. So they go, and they meet Lockley for the first time. And well, I should probably mention, you know, when we first met Lockley as the uh, Prophet Hondos guy, he talked with a uh, Really? Well, pretty stereotypical demonic type voice. I am the Prince of Darkness. And, you know, right here, he's just talking with kind of a normal British accent. You know, they try having a look at the scepter, but he's just like, no, man, this shit is fake. Though so they go back to their hotel room uh, where, well, they learned they got a call from the captain who wants to talk to Frank. But Frank's like, nah, Calvin, you talk to her. Calvin's talking to the captain, you know, just trying to play all cool. It's like, yeah, you know, Frank's sick as a dog, but hey, man, he really misses you. And <laughs> meanwhile, Frank's in the hotel room where there's these two guys in masks trying to attack him. But again, it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> he just brushes them off like nothing. But when Calvin's coming back up, well, Krieger knocks him out and then takes the scepter. So he's going back to his place where he meets up with Lockley and he's uh, very displeased with him. And yeah, we learn for sure that that scepter is a fake. So yeah, ends up killing him and Frank and Calvin end up finding his dead body later. But they end up, end up finding a scroll about the scepter, about the nine pieces of it. Well, they learn about this place called Balthazar, so they try to look for information. But while Cal is about to go eat, well, Frank spots uh, Bessie and his friend again doing their same scam on another man. And he's like, hey, give him back his wallet, kid. Oh, okay. But uh, Bessie ends up knowing a lot about Balthazar himself as well. Man, this kid is just convenient as shit, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Kid knows everything and just happens to be around them in the most convenient of times. Of course, it's Hollywood. <laughs> so he takes them to this place and he doesn't want to go in because, you know, apparently there's a creepy monk in there. They go and talk to this monk. You know, he tell them how these scepters are keys to hell. They will lead to Armageddon. And, you know, he ends up walking away from them and going to... Well, that should be the last scepter. And of course, wouldn't you know it, Lockley is there waiting for him. And so while they're trying to go back out, well, Frank and Calvin hear the screams and they go back in and, yep, that monk is dead as shit. Okay, man, we should turn this over to Israel police. Yeah, you're right. I go to the police agent and he's like, you know what, man, I think I actually want to break in. 
man, I just said we should turn this over to them. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) So they end up breaking in, then they find out what they're looking for is just more information about these eight dead holy men where you think all these scepters were coming from. And Frank kind of gets a hunch, so he ends up calling Leslie and is asking her the locations of where uh, this Lockley guy has been. And, ah, wouldn't you know it, they all seem to be right near where all these holy men have died. Mm, coincidence? I think not. Nope. After she ends up getting done with talking to Frank, well, there's Lockley right there who's uh, ready to take Leslie away. And, uh, well, they learn also that the final part of the sacrifice is, of course, the sacrifice of the royal blood. And they end up finding a picture of Leslie end up learning that she is the daughter of a duke. So, yeah, she's royalty. Oh, they need to find her. So they're going back to the excavation site where Lockley is ready to sacrifice her. And, of course, Frank and Cal come in and big old fight between the helpers. And I just gotta say, my God, did they use some of the worst punch sound effects in these fight scenes. <laughs> I mean, that? straight out of the Street Fighter video game right here, I gotta say. <laughs> That sounds about right. (laughs) And now they're fighting with Lockley, and, you know, Frank's asking Leslie about how you kill him, and, you know, she's just trying to recite everything she's heard, and then she realizes the scepter, the scepter will kill him. Frank ends up grabbing the scepter, and before throwing it, he's like, eat this, and throws it right into him, and, you know, we get the usual, like, bad guy being defeated type effects, you know, wind blowing everywhere, ends up exploding. Oh, explosions. <laughs> and as they're walking away from this site, well, we learn what that uh, watching Jesus guy was all about. I guess he's like the son of somebody else, and his ancestors were supposed to watch all these pieces of the scepter and separate them. We learn that through a little narration. and Yeah, totally filler right there. <laughs> and so this wow. movie ends. They're at the airport about ready to take off, you know, Frank saying goodbye to Leslie. But Bessie and Calvin, they're watching the Bulls win the championship game and being so excited. And just before they're leaving, you know, Calvin's, you know, saying goodbye to him, you know, hugging him, obviously forgiving him for the wallet situation earlier. But, you know, as they're getting in line and Bessie's walking away, Frank's like, hey, man, where's your wallet? Bessie! And freeze frame. Freeze frame, freeze frame, freeze frame. Yep. Last movie ended with a guy getting blown up. This one ends up with a freeze frame. (laughs) 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 So, Scott, what do you think about this movie? Oh, my God. There's nothing wrong with Chuck Norris's performance in this, but my God, everybody else was just bad. Like... The acting was awful. The story wasn't there. I mean, it was just... This movie was dumb. (laughs) No wonder why it's rated so low on fucking IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) I implore you, if you're going to ever watch this movie, only pay attention to really what Chuck Norris is doing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. (laughs) Because it's very boring. I fucking... uh, I give this movie a bad... Okay, well, I will agree it's probably not one of the best Chuck Norris movies. I mean, Sinka seems like in the 90s his uh, star power was starting to go down just a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, this movie was a direct-to-video I just saw, and you can yeah, kind of tell that. You know, it's uh, got a definite direct-to-video type feel to it. 
And, you know, Chuck Norris going up against, like, Satan Warshippers should be kind of a much cooler movie. You hear that, and like, yeah, that's got to be so awesome. And, you know, it's, to me, it's just, uh, just okay. You know, it's, the movie's free on YouTube, and, yeah, what I liked about it is that, uh, obviously this movie's got no good, uh, uh, HD release right now, but, you know what, man, I don't mind that, because I was just realizing, you know, some movies you do kind of need to watch in that kind of, like, VHS quality. Just kind of gives them a certain feel, you know? Um, yeah, coming from the freaking quality whore over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a quality Everything's whore. Everything's gotta be fucking fucking man. <laughs> I mean... If we're talking about, like, a fucking recent movie, then yeah, 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 but I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about a low-budget 80s slasher movie, then I don't mind watching that in VHS quality. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, imagine watching, like, you know, you got Halloween in 4K, but, I mean, back then, the quality, I think it just could play a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah, me, man, yeah. I wouldn't mind going back to seeing, like, some, like, Halloween and VHS quality just for the feel of it. But, anyway. It, it might back. feel like an entirely different movie. You never know. <laughs> okay, yeah. But back to the actual movie itself. <laughs> but, yeah, just just want Chuck Norris do Chuck Norris-type things. It's worth it just for that. I mean, yeah, the movie, it's on YouTube. You can watch it there. Not waste any money. Yeah, so, uh, just okay for me. Bad for me. Uh, I fucking sealed the deal. Chuck Norris was on his way to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, didn't Sean do that last time? He gave Chuck Norris a bad rating, and where is he? He's fucking dead now. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you thought he was just taking a break, man, but yeah, time to pull the curtain back a little bit. <laughs> well, it's just going to be me next show now. <laughs> it's a nice know you all. <laughs> One man show starting next time. <laughs> That'll be interesting. We'll go back to all my heroes, Tyler days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess because of next time, let's talk about next time on our break, of course. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. When God said, let there be light, Chuck Norris said, say please. Chuck Norris wants a three 72-hour stakes in one hour. He spent the first 45 minutes having sex with his waitress. Chuck Norris uses 8 by 10 sheets of plywood as toilet paper. Chuck Norris doesn't teabag the ladies. He potato sacks them. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. 
With the rising cost of gasoline, Chuck Norris is beginning to worry about his drinking habit. There are no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Chuck Norris lives in Texas. It takes 14 puppeteers to make Chuck Norris smile. It only takes two to make him destroy an orphanage. Chuck Norris recently had an idea to sell his urine as a canned beverage. We now know this beverage as Red Bull. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. The famous pie scene in American Pie is loosely based on a dare Chuck Norris took as a child. However, in Chuck's case, the pie was the molten crater of an active volcano. 70% of a human's body weight is water. 70% of Chuck Norris's body weight is his cock. Chuck Norris doesn't shower. He only takes blood baths. Chuck Norris once challenged Lance Armstrong to a Who Has More Testicles contest. Chuck won by five. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. needs to lie down. The original draft of The Lord of the Rings featured Chuck Norris instead of Frodo Baggins. It was only five pages long, as Chuck Roundhouse kicked Sauron's ass halfway through the first chapter. If you ask Chuck Norris what time it is, he'll say two seconds till. But by the time you ask two seconds till what, he's already Roundhouse kicked you in the face. How much wood could Chuck Norris chuck with Chuck? Uh, who cares? I'm an emo kid. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. When it comes to being family, Chuck Norris is the ace. If you disagree, he'll roundhouse kick you in the face. If you ever find yourself in any kind of danger, don't be afraid, just call the Walker, Texas Ranger. We are back, so Chuck Norris has not killed Scott, so yeah. I live 
to fight another day. Just don't push your luck, man. <laughs> hey, man. I think he appreciates all the jokes I threw in throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, since uh, it's going to be a two-person show still the next time, what are we talking about next time? Well, you know, after the show today, I'm going to be playing a little Destroy All Humans. So it got me in the mood for some aliens. So, we're going to be discussing Paul. And the watch. Yes. So, freaking, we're going to have Ben Stiller and Seth Rogen and, you know, <laughs> Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and fucking Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn and, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, so, <laughs> going to be a lot of laughs, for sure. Yeah. So, should be, should be a lot of fun next episode. So, <laughs> if yeah. you have any thoughts on them you should write in yep unholymofos at gmail.com or i am at jake the snake 54 on twitter i'm at brother underscore scott one we also have a facebook page i know we don't really throw it out but we do yeah that's where scott posts the girls of unholy mofos and where i post the episodes and yeah maybe once in a while I'll throw in a funny meme in there <laughs> yeah so if you want to join that you know just look it up on facebook Yep. So, I guess not much else to say except for this. Chuck Norris puts his pants on one leg at a time. Just like the rest of us. The only difference is he then kills people. (laughs) (sighs) Ah, you know, aliens, man. There's a reason that they haven't invaded Aliens who are smart enough to invest in intergalactic travel are smart enough to know not to invade a planet <laughs> protected by Chuck Norris. <laughs> the truth shall set you free, unless Chuck Norris has you. In which case, forget it, buddy. <laughs> oh boy, we're going to get off on another chan- tangent. Later, Fargers. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, the Titanic didn't hit an iceberg. The ship was off course and ran into Chuck North while he was doing the backstroke across the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> when did the Titanic sink? Like in the 1930s, right? 1912. 1912, huh? I have. 30 years before he was even born, he was doing the backstroke. The Atlantic. <laughs> what a man. Kryptonite has been found to contain trace elements of Chuck North roundhound kicks to the face. That's why he is so deadly to Superman. <laughs> For moments
sins and regrets and charity laced with a lie Still we keep hoping to fix all the defects and strengthen these seminal ties We go on together for better or worse Our history is too real to hate Now and forever we stay until Take us alive Till we die